Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray always that you're well. We are fine here. Um, I'd like to remind you of a couple of things. One is that um, uh, I and LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross will be at LifeSite News' 25th uh, anniversary gala. And um, it's very wonderful to celebrate 25 years um, of LifeSite News. They've done so much good in the world, so much good throughout the entire world. Their audience is well over 40 million, and um, there's no way to estimate uh, the side of heaven how much good they've done by their good reporting, their courage, their orthodoxy. They're wonderful. And the gala is going to be August 17th in Naples, Florida. So next month, uh, less than a month away in Naples, Florida, they tell me they still have some seats. It's limited because of the facility, but they still have some seats, some tickets that you can get. There'll be cocktails and hors d'oeuvres, dinner, uh, and a speaker panel. And the guests will include Father James Altman, John Henry Weston. Um, uh, the keynote speaker is Jim Caviezel, who uh, played Our Lord in the Passion. And he is an outstanding, uh, uncompromising Catholic. I'm very much looking forward. Um, you could get tickets still um, at... Uh, by going to gala25.lifesitenews.com. That's gala, G-A-L-A, 25 dot, and then one word, lifesitenews, L-I-F-E-S-I-T-E, news, N-E-W-S, one word, dot com. Um, if you get tickets and you're there, I don't know how many um, they're able to seat there, but... Come say hello. I would love, I would absolutely love to meet you and um, some of the um, folks um, will be there and, well, many of LifeSide News will be there, but some of Station of the Cross will be there and it's just going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. So, um, if you can, let me mention two other things that are um dear to us with the Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope. Two other things. One is that we still have not sold the um, the 6,000-foot home that uh, we bought and were quote-unquote voted out of um, because it's for single families and you can have 20 children, but you cannot be um, other than a single family and have more than four and there were other problems uh, with a covenant they had enforcing the family uh, unit. So um, we um, I were voted out, and I think I mentioned they waited eight months, and we spent 800000 on it. Um, we're asking our Lord to help us, um, and we're going to be moving from Beloit, Kansas, um, and we need to, to sell that house. 
um, we need the finances from it, and we need to sell the house. So we're, it's it's our Lord's providence. We're all fine, but um, and yes, we know where we're moving. It's a wonderful situation, beloved, truly wonderful, but I'm not free to tell you just yet where it is. We have a few other, few things to settle yet. But um, uh, the house, if it were not in Beloit, Beloit is the sweetest, most beautiful town with the best people you'll ever meet. There's one absolutely gorgeous church. It's a Novus Ordo Mass. The closest Latin Mass is two and a half hours away. So um, I just want you to know that if you're tempted to come to Beloit and a little paradise in the midst of a crazy country and crazy world, it's a little paradise here. We love it and we love the people. Um, if this house were not in Beloit, it would sell for well, well over a million, million and a half. We'd like to um, just simply recover what we've put into it, which is 800000 except that includes the purchase price and all that we did for half a year. We put an additional half million into it. Um, and so um, uh, there's one other factor. Uh, it'll take another 150 or 200000 to finish it because we stopped the work last January when we were ruled out. Um, and so there is... Um, all the plumbing is done, all the electric is done. We've built 12 cells, little bedrooms uh, on the lower level. It has a fireplace on both floors. It's over an acre of land. It's limestone house with an absolutely gorgeous backyard that goes down to a stream that separates the house um, on the other side. It, it's just beautiful. Um, and whoever whoever has it doesn't have to need 12 bedrooms. All we need to do is, you know, the, the construction people said we could take out the wall in between the bedrooms and make four bedrooms or six bedrooms or as, as many as you want. Um, and so um, there were huge full-size egress windows put down, put in, and bathrooms and showers and um, all the cabinets, everything is already purchased. The doors, it's completely painted, um, but a few things need to be finished. The doors need to be put in. The floor that is there needs, simply needs to be put down. Um, uh, there's other things to do, and it might cost other up to 200000 to finish it. So I'm sorry to take all this time on our program, but um, we're asking our Lord to, to help us uh, regain that money because we're going to need it for wherever we move. And um, uh, again, if we finish the house, which we'd like to do for someone, it, it, we're looking at a million dollars. So if you look online for this kind of a house, it would run a million and a half to two million. But because it's in Beloit, it's a lot of money. Um, the houses are much lower here. Um, so... If anyone um, wants to come to Beloit, and we've had three offers on the house, but um, they've gone up to 300000 in its unfinished state. We want to finish it, but then we'll be out 200000 more. So 
um, if you're a doctor or a lawyer or um, someone of a richer profession and you can afford to buy a house for two, three million, maybe you could buy this one for a million and we will have the will have it completely finished for you or buy it for 800,000 in its present condition and we will and it, everything we bought is yours it's all there and paid for so um uh if you can let me know um i'm going to ask you to email us directly at mail m a i l at motherofisraelshope.org i will get that email directly mail m a i l at motherofisraelshope.org and um, uh, we'll, you'll get us out of a bind and you'll have a truly beautiful home. It's on a corner. It's very quiet. There's land all around the house and um, it, 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 it's truly lovely. You can go online and look at it. Um, uh but the inside looks awful because it's not finished. It's only painted, but it's not finished. The floor is not down. So all the hard and most expensive work is done. It's just the, the finish, and we'd be happy to do that. Um, okay, there was one other. Yes, there's one other thing. We would love to hire full-time um, a woman who... Um, uh, it has to be a woman because we are a convent. We're a... Um, uh, now we're not cloistered, but we're a religious order of sisters, and we cannot have a man in here working full time. So um, uh, we need a woman, uh, and who is extremely efficient with uh, a contact database and finances. You don't have to be an accountant, but but good with finances, and something like QuickBooks and depositing checks and good with detail and efficient that way and we'd like to hire you full time and we don't have a salary uh, figure except that we will we'll pay what what somebody needs um, and so and it'll be commensurate with with the market it won't be a problem so if you would like to move um, uh, well uh, I'm not yet announcing where we're going but if you call me directly I can give you that information and um, it's it's truly 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 wonderful um, and um, uh, let me know and I can give you more details so just email at mail at motherofisraelshope.org you can also email to the station of the cross mother at the station of the cross.com and uh, how soon we want to hire is yesterday um, we'll hire as soon as someone's ready and if you say i'd like the job but i can't come for two months no problem we, we're looking for the right person that can fit in and who loves our faith truly loves our faith um, okay, there's the whole first section uh, segment of our program that I took up. Um, um, so we'll be back, dear ones, and um, uh, we're going to uh, look into the end of chapter 7 from This is the Faith that we were on yesterday, and then we'll spend a whole half hour with your calls and your emails. Call in even now with anything on your heart, toll free, one 877 511-5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. God bless you.
This is Jesse Romero, host of Jesus 911, heard weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. I'm joined each day by a variety of co-hosts like Ruben Nava, Paul Clay, Dan Schneider, and my amazing wife, Anita Romero. We tackle Catholic devotions, spiritual warfare, family life, saving America, and everything in between. Join us each weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Jesus 911. You can also catch a bonus encore Saturdays at noon Eastern. God bless you. Keep the faith. You can listen to any of our network-produced programs at your convenience, wherever you enjoy podcasts. Hear a powerful sermon you need to share with a loved one? Maybe there's a guest or teaching segment that deserves another listen. You can find all of our shows on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, our website, and the free iCatholic Radio app. Be uplifted in your faith. Listen today at thestationofthecross.com or on your favorite podcasting platform. Hello, this is Father Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. Abortion advocates want more than to keep Roe v. Wade intact. They want to establish an international right to abortion, overriding the decisions of individual nations to protect the unborn. But the Charter of the United Nations states that its purpose is, quote, to reaffirm faith in fundamental human rights, in the dignity and worth of the human person, end quote. Let's apply this to the unborn. This is Father Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. Thank you for your continued support and may God bless you and your family. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Welcome back <coughs> to Mother Miriam Live, dear ones. We are in the end of chapter 7 of Keep the Faith, or rather, This is the Faith. And we're talking, hold on a moment. I just have a tickle all as well. <clears throat> and we were looking at venial sin, the types of sin, um, First, original sin in which we are to born, and then which we are born, <clears throat> and then actual sin which we personally commit. And two types of actual sin one is mortal, which means death, it separates the soul from God. We are excommunicated from the church, and if we die in that state, we will spend all of eternity in hell. And the second is venial sin. And I'm just going to repeat that definition because there's none of us that does not commit venial sin. <clears throat> venial sin is an offense which does not kill the soul, yet which displeases God and often leads to mortal sin. Examples of venial sins are sins of infirmity, a surprise, Impet impetuosity, in deliberation, <clears throat> 
or habit in a small matter for in many things we all offend so surprise is not an offense infirmity all of that those are not infen- offense um, uh, those are not venial sins but many things in many things we do offend um, we could be surprised and curse as a result of it <clears throat> instead of killing the soul venial sin as it were bruises the soul it displeases the infinitely holy god dims the soul's beauty diminishes its fervor weakens faith and the hatred of sin reduces the i'm so sorry hold on <clears throat> reduces the reception of grace and deserves temporal punishment here and or hereafter in purgatory. No number of venial sins as such ever constitutes a mortal sin. But as wounds in the body, if unheeded, may lead to sickness and death, so also frequent venial sin often gradually leads one to commit mortal sin. The greatest things usually take their rise from small beginnings. The river from the spring, the tree from the seed, the conflagration from a spark, death from a germ, etc. And mortal sin gets its start from venial sin. Hence, venial sin is not something to be taken lightly. After mortal sin, it is the greatest evil before God. And we may not commit it for any good or gain whatsoever, not even to convert the world. We must try to obtain a true estimate of sin. We can do this by meditating seriously and frequently on the consequences of sin, of the sin of Lucifer, of the sin of Adam, on the passion and death of Christ, and on the fact of the eternity of punishment which awaits those who die in the state of mortal sin. The time of instruction in the Catholic faith is a time of preparation for the reception of great graces. It should therefore be a period of repentance and contrition for past sins, mortal or venial. The absence of penance is an obstacle to the reception of grace. Therefore, the habit should be formed of reciting daily an act of contrition, such as the following. And dear ones, we, as a religious community, every night do an examination of conscience and recite an act of contrition. That's part of Compline. That's part of our night prayer. And here is an act of contrition. Oh my God, I am heartily sorry for having offended thee, and I detest all my sins because I dread the loss of heaven and the pains of hell, but most of all, because they offend thee, my God, who art all good and deserving of all my love. I firmly resolve with the help of thy grace to confess my sins, to do penance, and to amend my life. Amen. Beloved, 
um, don't take sin as normal. Well, we all sin. Don't do it. Yes, we do, but we don't have to. We don't have to. In fact, if you are especially Catholic, you have more grace from God than anyone on the face of the earth. You do not ever, 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 ever need to sin. Ever need to sin. You say, well, I'm human. Of course you are. That's why we're fallen. That's why we're subject to concupiscence and to sin. But we don't have to do that. We don't have to. Um, In fact, oh, let me see if I can get this now. Um, I I took a look ahead at our, um, let me see where it is, here it is, at our um, uh, call screen for emails we have today. Let me see, and there's one email. I'm, 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 I'm barging in on James' job. Um, dear James, I'm so sorry, but I saw this, and I'm going to jump ahead of you. Is that all right? That is um, wonderful. Go ahead, Mark. You know, you're such a sweetheart. I wish you would all meet James. I, we haven't met in person, but we've met by um, Skype or whatever, Zoom. Um, this is an email that I read earlier, just looking ahead. Uh, someone who writes it anonymously <clears throat> and says, Dear Mother Miriam, um, upon listening to a story about a woman who many years ago, when put in jail under the communist control in Cuba, allowed a man to rape her in exchange for him giving medicine to her diabetic husband. My husband said it would be fine for a woman to do so, especially in a situation where it meant saving the lives of children. Would you please tell me what you would say about this? Well, I've just read it. Absolutely not. Romans 3.8 says we may not do evil. We may not do good, rather. that e- Oh, we may not do evil that good may come. And this is an intrinsic evil. This is absolute evil. No, you may not rape a woman, you may not allow yourself to be raped um, in order to keep your husband alive. Absolutely not. Um, You simply trust in the mercy of God. And if he takes your husband, you need to trust that. If he allows your husband to die, your husband needs to use that time of his illness to repent and prepare his life for eternity. But no, you don't enter into what is mortal sin in that condition. Mortal sin. Mortal sin is doing something grave, which that is, knowing that it's grave, which would be known, and doing it of your own free will, not being coerced or forced with a gun to you or something like that. And that was done. That would be done of... The, hus- the woman's own free will. Um, uh, even though she did it to save another life, it's not permissible. We're not God. We don't determine who dies and who lives. We don't sin. We don't do evil that good may come. And people are going to say, Mother Miriam, you don't, even, you don't have any compassion. Are you kidding? That's an emergency. No. We never do evil that good may come. 
it's because you have the human being uh, in mind before God. You hold our life more precious than an all-holy God and what it means to offend him. That would be absolutely wrong, absolutely sinful. Um, You know what? Before we go on to um, our next section, um, let me see now. Hold on a moment. Uh, which starts the commandments. I'd like to start that tomorrow. James, do we have a caller on the line? Yes, we do. We have Anonymous in New Hampshire. Anonymous, welcome to the program. Hi, Mother Miriam. Ah, you're not anonymous, but you are to us. God knows you. <laughs> Hi, sweetie. <clears throat> so, I wanted to ask about something you said on yesterday's program. Um, you said that um, it is sin for uh, people who are just married. I just got married in October. Okay, quick little technical blip here. So we are back. Mother, do we have you with us? We do. And the gentleman calling in anonymously, can you hear me now? I can hear you, yes. Oh, I'm so glad. Uh, you know, before I was trying to get your attention because it sounded like you might have had your radio on in the background and it was very, you were breaking up very hard for me to hear you. Mm-hmm. So you're back with us now and your radio's not on? Yeah, my radio is off. Oh, great. Okay, go ahead. So sorry for the interruption. Go ahead, dear one. So I was calling to ask because yesterday on the program, you said that it is sin for a, a newly married couple to practice NFP uh, if they're trying to save to buy a house. Um, well, I understand that a little bit. What is the technicality like if uh, your newly married partner is having troubles with uh, her cycles? Uh, what would you say about that? Would that still be considered sin or... Well, no. Now, I don't know why we have the music for the break right now, James. Oh, dear one, dear brother, uh, we've had a couple of problems this morning. Let me answer you as soon as we come back from the break. Okay, hold on. And anybody else, feel free to call in. Hopefully, we won't have more technical issues this morning. one 511 5483 or email at mother at the We'll be right back. Catholic apologists love to point out 1 Peter 3.15, always have a ready reason for those who ask you of the hope that's in you. Some interpret this as a call to be a robo-apologist, take on all comers, slay Protestant arguments, win all the debates. But the verse is not asking us to argue at all. In fact, it's only asking us to be ready. And readiness has to do with study and preparation, not pushing debate tactics, no matter how quote-unquote effective. As Venerable Archbishop Sheen once said, it's possible to win the argument and lose the soul. Only by a commitment to personal prayer can we make any progress in sharing our faith. People are not converted by facts, nor even by orthodoxy alone. That's why St. Paul began 1 Corinthians 13 with the words, Love is patient, love is kind. 
there's two irrefutable arguments right there. I'm Patrick Coffin of PatrickCoffin.media. Be a saint. What else is there? Are you holding on to an old car or truck because you think dealers won't want it? Then consider donating it to the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. This is a great way to turn your unvalued vehicle into a powerful gift for Catholic Radio. You'll be taking part in our evangelization efforts to continue spreading Christ's love throughout the world. Our Lord uses Catholic Radio to draw more people to Himself, and one of the best ways to support the Station of the Cross is by contributing to our vehicle donation program. The process is safe and simple. Your generosity will greatly benefit our mission to bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners. To find out more or to donate your vehicle today, visit thestationofthecross.com or call 1-866-628-CARS. That's the stationofthecross.com or 1-866-628-2277. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as The Catholic Current. Father Robert McTague discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to The Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Our bumper magnets are great ways to promote the truths of the gospel as proclaimed through Catholic Radio. I was getting bored of listening to all the same songs over and over again. And that's when I saw a Catholic Radio bumper sticker. And I thought, well, I should try that. We'd be happy to send bumper magnets for your listening area so that others can come to know the Lord. Order your free bumper magnets at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, dear ones. We've really had... um, uh, our current caller on the line uh, exercised enormous patience this morning. Are you still there, my brother? I am. Oh, you're a sweetheart. Okay. Um, so you called in about um, something I said that newly married couples should not practice NFP, natural family planning, uh, even if they're you know trying to save a house. And the reason is because... Um, we should never do that. We should never, uh, unless it's a very serious reason of health or serious finances or something like that, but to just get married and hold off on having children until you can buy a house is putting you and your wife, your life, ahead of God's plan for you to not be open to life. Marriage is... Uh, people don't get married for the purpose of buying a house and living a wonderful life, but having children. So I think you understand that. But then you were asking another question about if cycles are irregular. Mm-hmm. That's correct. A- ask it as you asked it. Go ahead. Ask so I'm not uh, assuming anything. Ask the question. 
So, and then my other question is we have tried um, for a baby and it didn't last longer than five months. And our NFP practitioner brought up that there be something wrong with the cycles. And so we were thinking of practicing NFP until they could figure out uh, what is going wrong. Is that acceptable under the church? So you have not practiced NFP up till now? We have tried to, um, Mm -hmm. but haven't exactly. (laughs) Okay. Um, All right. And and pardon me asking this over the air, you're not using contraceptives in any way or birth control, right? No, not at all. Okay. Okay. Bless you. And so the doctors are suggesting you use NFP uh, until they can figure that out. The doctors Is, haven't suggested anything. Uh, we as a couple are uh, thinking of doing it. Um, okay. Um, you know what I would do on that if I were in your situation? I would ask a Catholic doctor, a gynecologist, um, if that would be a solution if if you did practice nfp if it would be a help to figuring things out um i would ask i would ask a knowledgeable catholic uh, gynecologist or 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 doctor of some sort and then you're not guessing and if that if the doctor says well that's not going to help you figure out what's wrong then i'd say don't if he says or she says you know that's 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 probably a good idea. Do this and that. Then I would say yes because it, then it becomes a medical issue. Um, so I would get counsel on that from a good Catholic medical doctor. However, um, I have friends um, who um, are the the husband is a physician and they have helped many people through this situation where they are not able to get pregnant. I don't know if it's the Creighton method or something like that that they use. Um, Have you looked into any of those types of apostolates that help Catholic couples uh, through certain rhythm methods and all of that uh, to get pregnant? Um, We we use the Creighton model. Oh, you did? Um, Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, and we were going by the, the charting and and all that, and so we yeah, we did try, and she did get pregnant, and but unfortunately the baby didn't last longer than five weeks. Oh, I'm so, so sorry. I'm so yeah, sorry. Yeah, it, it was very very traumatizing for especially oh, no. my wife. No doubt, absolutely so. no doubt, no doubt. I tell you, the couple that I'm very close to that has helped many many couples. They have had two children. They just had a third baby, but in between the two children and the last one, they had eight miscarriages. It's just, we can't control what God allows. We just can't. So now they have 11 children and eight of them in heaven or eight of them with God. Um, You know what? If you uh, would like to leave the call screener, um, your number, um, uh, I could, uh, I could off the air, 
connect you with this couple that I know. They're very, very good. But again, they've had eight miscarriages. Uh, her body has gone through tremendous uh, physical situations. So um, it's, it's not a guarantee, but they may be able to help you. Mm-hmm. I mean, case. I don't know. I hope I'm not taking up too much time. No, no, uh, don't worry. I guess the the main question I'm trying to get at is after the traumatization of uh, one miscarriage, my wife doesn't really want to try for another. And so we're kind of uh, practicing NFP now to try and kind of abstain. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Yeah. I see. Well, she doesn't think like she's ready. Like if we, she does get pregnant again, and she does have another miscarriage. That's like a double blow for her. And she doesn't mm-hmm. know if she's like ready to handle a second one. All right, sweetheart. With with all that information, I would say it's okay for you to practice NFP. <laughs> I know it's kind of a roundabout way of asking it, but you know. No, I you know I, I didn't have that information before, but with that information um, and the trauma you've already gone through, and your wife's. Uh, still a bit traumatized from it um i I would say in that case it is okay i'm not a doctor i'm not a canon lawyer but the point of nfp is that if there's emotional stress financial stress um other circumstances that's what natural family planning is for that's when we can step in and say this is a little too much for us and i believe that's what nfp is for i think in in this case i would say yes so it's not planning to have a house even though you can plan to have a house but this is a uh, stressful emotional a difficult situation and and i would say god would say yes to practice nfp because the house also um, ties into it as well, in addition to the stress. So all mm-hmm. three questions I had kind of <laughs> merge into one. I understand. I understand. But I would say, uh, I know you don't want to give out too much information over the air, but um, with all you've told me, I would say yes. This is not NFP for selfish reasons. This is for for love, for the health of your wife, um, for the other things. So I, I would say uh, this is what NFP, these circumstances are the circumstances in which NFP could be practiced with no guilt. Much mother, Miriam. All right, sweetheart. God bless you. And my love to you and to your wife. Thank you so much. You have okay. a blessed day. You too, sweetheart. Okay, James. Well, I think now we will simply go to our emails. Um, yes, let's do that. So we okay. have an email from Anonymous. It's a lengthy one. So Anonymous says, Mother Miriam, thank you for your broadcast. I recently found you and love listening because you speak the truth and that's what I want to hear. <clears throat> I'm writing because our daughter is suffering from anorexia. We've been having a very difficult time finding support that I can trust. We're a Catholic homeschooling family. And they put in parentheses, my husband is not yet Catholic. Keep praying, please. And our children have never been in a public or private school. This has been a great blessing for all of us. During the lockdown, our daughter was just starting high school. Academically, she was unaffected, but socially, everything was difficult because she was cut off from friends for over a year. In our state, churches were prevented from opening, but as soon as they did, we were back at Mass. 
After much thought and prayer, I felt God was asking that we not take the vaccination, and I felt God was asking me to protect our children in particular. Good. Because of her unvaccinated status, our daughter was bullied by her vaccinated peers and has suffered discrimination at the hands of several institutions. My husband did eventually receive the the vaccination at the end of 2021, the Johnson & Johnson, because his employer demanded it, and again in parentheses, he was the lone holdout, and they rejected any religious objection. He felt a huge burden to provide for our family and took the shot rather than made waves. Two months after his injection, he became infected with COVID and our whole family became ill. We all recovered without complications, though he suffered the most. After recovery, our daughter began to develop anorexia. She was hospitalized three months later in April. The hospital was necessary, but I found it to be a soulless place. Since discharge, we have been trying to find support for her healing that incorporates healing for her spirit as well as her mind and body. This is proving to be very difficult, even after contacting the diocese and starting therapy with a Catholic therapist whom they recommended. Because our state made it impossible for unvaccinated medical professionals to be allowed to work, all doctors, nurses, therapists, etc. are on Team Vax. As a consequence of this and the medical and mental health profession's unhealthy support of LGBTQ, etc., including transitioning of healthy children, my trust in them is very low. Our doctors, current therapists included, proudly wear pronoun pins with the gay, trans, CRT rainbow flag. We need help, but how can I entrust my daughter to people who would see these provisions as normal? Our daughter has always been very faithful, and sometimes I suspect that evil has targeted her with this terrible affliction in order to destroy her faith and spirit, as well as our family. It's almost like a possession. She's making slow mental progress, is terribly depressed, and I am concerned that she has begun to lose hope. The approach to recovery from the medical profession is very flat and focuses mainly on her physical and mental condition, leaving the spirit out of it. I feel that this is not helping. What can I do to help her? And she signs off, thank you, worried mom. Oh, what a combination of utterly awful and I would say demonic circumstances, this vaccine and everything else, just utterly demonic. Oh, I certainly wish um, I wish I were near you all to see what I could do to help her. Um, you know, I would say to continue to look for a a Catholic female Catholic therapist. Continue to look for that. Um, Uh, for someone like that. Continue to ask God for that. I would also, um, I did a program uh, a couple of days ago. I don't remember when it was. It was Monday, actually, of this week um, on St. Dymphna. Um, And you might take a look at that on St. Dymphna on Monday. Um, or at least uh, look up St. Dymphna. She is the saint of emotional issues, um, of a lot of depression, of a lot of other things. Um, So is St. Philomena. Those two saints would be wonderful to go to and look up novenas and pray the novena with her um, and ask them for help. 
um, I would get her um, maybe the story of some saints. I, I can't think of a book. Of course, there's Butler's uh, Lives of the Saints, but I don't know how old your daughter is. Um, but I would try to get her some saints. Um, do look up uh, St. Diphtha and Philomena and pray a novena to them. Pray with her. Um, um, it's, it's just a suffering that God has allowed. And the biggest thing is, um, I, I would tell your daughter that God has chosen her out of the entire family to be a saint because otherwise she wouldn't be suffering so. And so if Jesus came down to earth and appeared to her as he did on earth 2,000 years ago and said, Dear daughter, I'm going to put you through suffering because I have a great mission for you. You're going to be a canonized saint one day. Just trust me. I would tell her to live like that. Prayer to St. Michael O glorious Prince of the Heavenly Host, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in the battle and in the fearful warfare that we are waging against the principalities and powers, against the rulers of this world of darkness, against the evil spirits. Come thou to the assistance of men whom Almighty God created immortal, making them in his own image and likeness and redeeming them at a great price from the tyranny of Satan. Fight this day the battle of the Lord with thy legions of holy angels, even as of old thou didst fight against Lucifer, the leader of the proud spirits, and all his rebel angels, who were powerless to stand against thee. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And that apostate angel transformed into an angel of darkness, who still creeps about the earth to encompass our ruin, was cast headlong into the abyss together with his followers. But behold, that first enemy of mankind, and a murderer from the beginning, has regained his confidence. Changing himself into an angel of light, he goes about with the whole multitude of the wicked spirits to invade the earth and blot out the name of God and his Christ, to plunder, to slay, and to consign to eternal damnation the souls that have been destined for a crown of everlasting life. This wicked serpent, like an unclean torrent, pours into men of depraved minds and corrupt hearts the poison of his malice, the spirit of lying and piety and blasphemy, and the deadly breath of impurity, and every form of vice and iniquity. These crafty enemies of mankind have filled to overflowing with gall and wormwood the church, which is the bride of the Lamb, without spot. They have laid profane hands upon her most sacred treasures. Make haste, therefore, O invincible prince, to help the people of God against the inroads of the lost spirits and grant us the victory. Amen. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our final segment. We do have about 10 minutes. Our lines are wide open, and you are um, welcome to call with anything on your heart. Toll free, one 511 5483 or email at mother at com. I want to tell the last... Um, uh, emailer anonymous that uh, has the uh, daughter that suffers from anorexia that I looked up anorexia during the break I, I know many people who have suffered with it um, and there's really no medication for it there might be antidepressant that could help a little bit but it it, it really takes um, uh, good uh, therapeutic work and um, so I would say don't give up looking for a good therapist, and if um, if the diocese or anybody else recommends someone, be sure to go with your daughter and have a meeting with them before you entrust her to them. Um, you'll get a sense, you and your daughter together, if this is the person that should treat her. And if the therapist refuses to meet with both of you, uh, just scratch that therapist off the list. Um, okay. Um, James, do we have another email? Yes. So this is going to be another email from someone else who writes in anonymously and they Mm. say, hello, mother. I have so appreciated listening to you. What a gift you are. I have a 50 year old son who has left the church and attends an evangelical non-denominational church. He has studied the Bible and of course says the Bible is the only source of authority. As his mother, I see so many errors of belief and would love to share with him what the church teaches. Some of the ideas that he believes include that Mary was not sinless, that Peter was the first pope, and of course that the Eucharist is not the body of Christ. He says he can prove all of these things from the Bible. I've tried to discuss with him, but whenever I say something or try to share what the church teaches, he just bombards me with scripture to prove that I am wrong and it ends up badly. I want a relationship with my son, and I thought since you are a convert, you might have some ideas <clears throat> Excuse me, on the best approach to take. It feels like he is fighting me all the time and simply will not listen. Thank you, Mother Anonymous. Dear one, um, he's not going to listen to you, and he knows the scriptures better than you now that he's an evangelical Protestant. Shame on us Catholics. Uh, Martin Luther said if it were not for the Catholic Church, we would not have the scriptures, which is true. Um, I would get two books for him. Um, Well, not, not, uh, yeah, I have two in mind, uh, many in mind, but um, I would get fundamentals, no, Um, Fundamentalism and Catholicism. Fundamentalism and Catholicism by Carl Keating. That book helped me into the church. Carl goes through every uh, poison, every um, so-called anti-Catholic assumption from Scripture, and he gives the Catholic answer with Scripture. So Fundamentalism and Catholicism, um, that's a good book. The other one, there's so many, but let me give you one other, Surprised by Truth. That's Patrick Madrid, who wrote a series. But Surprised by Truth, the very first one, is 11 evangelicals or evangelical pastors who became Catholic. And what I would do is um, uh, give it to him 
um, to read as a gift for you. Say, uh, you probably don't want to read this but they're because they're Catholic. But I cannot argue with you. Um, I'm not as knowledgeable about the scriptures. And certainly, uh, I would want to give you a, an answer from a Catholic perspective. But these are two uh, wonderful men of God, Catholics, who are able to help with such scriptures and answers. And um, maybe, may hopefully, your birthday is soon, and you could say, um, your birthday gift to me would be to read these books and let me know what you think. That would be your birthday gift for me, just to read these two books. It's too too far away from Christmas, so I can't think of holidays coming up. But birthday or your anniversary gift or just a real gift. Um, and you could say to your son, um, son, if you, if you really want to, um, uh, to help me uh, to understand what you believe, then read these two books and you can get back to me on them. So that might be a start because there are very few evangelical Protestants who have ever met Catholics who know their faith and can deal with the scriptures. So uh, don't fight with him, but um, I get those two books and I get two copies. You read one and let him read one. Um, and that would be good. And then if he has uh, questions, you can tell him, I don't have the answer, but I'll get it for you and always get the answer. Tim Staples, one of the greatest apologists the church has ever had, um, was pastor, I think, of Assemblies of God and or associate pastor, I, I don't recall. And in the Marines, I think, uh, he was trying to convert a Catholic man. And the Catholic man didn't know the scriptures the way Tim did and didn't have the answers. But he said, Tim, I don't know. I'll get back to you. He always got back to Tim with answers that Tim could not always respond to. And Tim not simply became Catholic, but one of the greatest Catholics and has helped probably thousands into the church. So um, just say that to your son, son. I grew up Catholic. I don't have the answers from your evangelical perspective. And I don't know the scriptures as well as you've begun to study them. But I will get back to you with an answer. And then, again, those two books, Fundamentalism and Catholicism, published by Ignatius Press, and um, Surprised by Truth, 11 Evangelical Pastors Who Became Catholic, and the author is Patrick Madrid, or the editor is Patrick Madrid, um, and then go to catholic.com, catholic.com, the greatest apologetics website in the world. And they've got a box right there as you go onto their website and uh, all, just type in the question you have and you'll get a tremendous amount of answers. And give your son the answers or print them out for him and let him read the answers himself. Okay, I hope that helps you. Uh, never give up hope. Don't argue with your son at all. Uh, just say, son, I don't know the answer to that, and I'm going to see what I can do to get it for you. Leave it at that. Okay. Okay, so we've got just a couple minutes here, so let's try and squeeze one more in here. This is a Facebook comment from Michael, and Michael says, Please explain more in detail about loving one another, because I've found many people are following the example of Pope Francis to love all people without the need to repent to be a physical church, not a spiritual church. 
The teaching of the church tells us to love one another, but there are very few priests and bishops who explain in detail the separation between loving one another with God as the focus or just blindly loving one another. Thank you. Well, we always love one another, never blindly, but always with God as the focus and faithful to the wounds of a friend. Love corrects error. Uh, You don't love someone if you love them in their error. That's not love. Um, Just the most recent example we have of Nancy Pelosi, of uh, her receiving uh, the communion, uh, the Holy Eucharist at the Vatican, when her own Archbishop Cordelioni forbid her to receive it, she went to the Vatican to receive it. And, um, and the Pope said, we need to remain pastoral. And happily, Bishop Joseph Strickland said, the most pastoral thing to do in the case of Nancy Pelosi is to not give her Holy Communion because we're going to help her commit mortal sin since she is um, a supporter of child murder, all of that. So we love people with the truth. And if we don't give them the truth, it's not love. Love is not an emotion. Love is not a feeling. Love is doing what is best for the other person. Read 1 Corinthians 13. God bless you all. And we'll speak with you, God willing, tomorrow.